Hello and welcome to the Trinity Podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. So I am one of the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and one of the creators of the Fit Over 40 Method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, it's a solo episode. It's just me, Rob, going through this. And I'm going to go through 21 proven strategies for losing weight after 40. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Trinity podcast. So losing weight after 40 can seem kind of impossible for a lot of the women we speak to. And for a lot of them, the things that used to work, whether that was cardio, whether that was HIIT training, or whether it was cutting out carbs, or joining a slimming club, those things that used to work for them no longer produce results, even if they stick to them religiously. And it can be really, really demoralizing. It can leave a lot of women feeling stuck, wondering whether it's just what happens as they get older. And many of the women we speak to feel like they're almost destined to becoming old, becoming frail, and to becoming sort of frumpy. And despite that not being what they want, they think maybe, you know, they should just give into the aging process because nothing seems to be working anymore. Nothing they do seems to be getting results. So it's a really horrible place to be. And I definitely don't wish that on anybody who's watching this. But the good news is it doesn't have to be this way. We've worked with thousands of women over 40 who've previously struggled to lose weight to get the scales moving again. And it can be done way, way quicker and much more easily than you actually think. So the key to losing weight over 40 is to make sure your approach works with your body rather than against it because your body is changing and because your body's changing your strategies must change too and if they do then there's no reason why feeling fit lean and fabulous over 40 isn't completely within your reach so in this episode we're going to reveal what well, i'm going to reveal 21 proven strategies for losing weight after 40 and how you can implement them in your life to get the scales moving fit back into all your favorite clothes again and make sure you're bursting full of energy every single day. And you'll achieve all of that within the next 12 weeks or less if you follow the simple strategies in this episode. So I'm gonna get straight into them. It's gonna be kind of a quick fire episode. So I'm gonna go through these nice and quickly so that you can learn everything you need to learn and it's not gonna take you too long. So the first thing that you're gonna to need to do if you wanna lose weight after 40 is to manage your stress levels. I can't stress this enough pun not intended there, but high stress levels elevate the stress hormone cortisol. And if cortisol levels are elevated for a lot of the time, and this is called chronically, them being chronically elevated, it has a lot of negative side effects as you get older. So the first thing it does is it causes leptin resistance. And leptin is a hormone that regulates your hunger and sort of cravings. And leptin resistance means you're going to have much higher cravings. So it's going to be much harder to make good food choices uh, if your stress levels are too high. The second thing chronically high cortisol levels, which is caused by stress, will lead to is insulin resistance. And you may have heard about this, but long story short, it makes it a bit easier to gain weight, uh, especially around the middle and especially from eating carbs. So it's not like you shouldn't eat carbs, but if your stress levels are too high, it's going to make the, them a bit more um, prone to gaining weight around the middle. And then the last thing, and this is very important, um, chronically high stress levels as well will actually affect your thyroid gland. And this actually leads to a slower metabolism. So yes, your metabolism may slow down a bit with aging, but it's not absolutely massive, the change. It's actually pretty small, but this can be exacerbated a lot by chronically high stress levels, making cravings worse. And then the double whammy is that you're going to have this, this slower metabolism as well. And this insulin resistance, this means not only 
is it going to be more likely you're going to eat more because your cravings are worse? Um, but then when you eat more, it's going to be more likely you're going to store that as fat because your metabolism is slower and you, you may have insulin resistance as well. So you need to manage your stress levels in order to lose weight over 40. And the good thing is you don't have to quit your job. You might just think, you know, I can't, I've got kids, I've got family, they're inherently stressful. You don't need to do it, get rid of any of those things. You don't need to quit your job. You don't need to go and live in a commune somewhere where, you know, stress levels are really low, but you don't really do anything. You just need to manage your stress levels by the things that you're doing and some of the things you're not doing to lose weight over 40. And every strategy I'm going to go through today after this is going to help manage your stress levels so you can, can get that weight off after 40. So the second thing then, so once you've kind of understood that fundamental thing we need to do with everything we do, which is to manage your stress levels, then the next thing I'd say is to make sure you avoid fad diets. Now, it's fairly obvious, yet a lot of people still fall foul to fad diets. They're still lured in by fad diets. And they may have actually worked when you're younger. You can get away with a lot more when you're younger and when your body's sort of at its optimum. So you might have tried shake diets. You might have tried cutting out whole food groups like doing no or low carbs. You might have done one of these really low calorie diets like 800 or 1200 calories. And whilst all of those may get quick results, especially when you're younger, it's not sustainable. It's not good for your body as you get older. So first of all, starving yourself in is always kind of unsustainable. So any of these extreme approaches are generally unsustainable and it might lead to, you know, getting really bored or just feeling really restrictive and then binging at the weekend or in the evenings. That's a very easy way to undo all your hard work. Um, starving yourself will slow your metabolism down which then means it's very, very easy to, to overeat, even eating a normal amount. And if you can't keep any of these approaches up long-term, then the results are only ever going to be temporary. So if you, if you want to actually lose weight and keep it off, then you need to actually do something that's more sustainable. The other thing that means, you know, avoid fat, that kind of means that fad diets are a really bad idea over 40 is that starving yourself, and that's what most fad diets will do, also elevates your, your cortisol levels. It actually makes your stress levels higher and elevates that stress hormone cortisol because your body did, you know, reacts to all types of stress. This is important to understand. It reacts to all types of stress internally, sort of the same way. It's, it has the same stress response. That's what it's called internally, regardless of what that source of stress is. And a very low calorie diet is very stressful for the body. Your body basically thinks it's starving. And that will actually mean your body will make it very hard to shift the weight or detect you're starving and do that. So these extreme diets may have worked before when you're in your 20s, when you're in your 30s, but it's no longer going to work when you're over 40. So it's really, really important to avoid those fad diets. So what should you do instead? Well, the next tip is to actually just eat three proper meals a day. I know that's not rocket science, but so many people I speak to are not doing that. It may not seem like a diet, but that's kind of the point. As I said, if something's temporary like a diet, the results will only ever be temporary too. And what a lot of people do, they think they're getting ahead by skipping meals. They think that that's going to mean they eat less and therefore they lose weight. And in theory, that sounds good. But in practice, it often leads to massive blood sugar crashes. Mm -hmm. And when you have one of these blood sugar crashes, what will then happen is you'll have really strong cravings. So you might miss, let's say, breakfast or lunch. And then a few hours later, mid-afternoon or in the evening, you're then going to want to turn to you know, a load of junk food, a load of, a load of comfort food that's higher in calories to bring that blood sugar back up. And the problem with that is that means a lot of people will then overeat. So they're going to undo any hard work that came from missing, you know, any, any sort of willpower that came from missing that meal or not having that meal and going hungry. They're only going to eat way more than they would have eaten in a healthy meal 
on crisps or on you know in alcohol or in chocolate or in bread and all these other convenience foods so three meals will keep your blood sugar levels much more consistent which means you'll have high energy levels all day and it will keep your cravings at bay so focus on three proper meals a day one of those could be a smoothie or a shake if you're in a rush so have a smoothie or shake for breakfast um, that's what i do every single day it's here those of you watching the video i'm shaking my smoothie or shake here I have that every day for, for breakfast and then I'll eat a proper lunch and dinner. So another thing you want to do then when having these meals, so tip number four is to actually get protein and fiber in every meal you eat. So this is very, very important because protein and fiber digest very slowly. And this means they steadily release energy. So it's kind of like putting a big log on a fire, you know, like a I don't know types of words, so I'm not gonna pretend I do. In fact, I do remember one. I, I went to Namibia when I was about 19 and I did some traveling around Namibia and it was amazing. I'd love to go back there. And we would have a campfire in the evenings and they'd use this special type of wood. It was called Mapani wood. And um, for some reason I remembered this ever since because it, it was this wood, you just put it on the fire and it burned for hours and hours and hours, even though it didn't look, it wasn't really thick. It wasn't, you know, it just looked like a sort of regular dry piece of wood but it would burn for hours and hours and that's the same kind of thing kind of kind of outcome you get from eating protein and fiber with every meal it'll mean that your body keeps using that energy for hours and afterwards it steadily releases that energy and therefore it'll keep you full for hours it's kind of like what shreddies says it does but doesn't actually do because it's just basically carbs there is some fiber in it but shreddies is, is not great at this but if you have protein and fiber then you really will have this effect of keeping hunger locked up till lunch or keeping hunger locked up till dinner because it'll avoid snacking, it'll avoid cravings, and it'll avoid you, you know, falling to temptation and going at work. There's that treat drawer, or there's that table that's always got treats on. And you just think, I'm starving. I'll just have a bite of that, and then easily in a few biscuits or in, a, you know, a piece of cake, you've had more calories in the whole meal. And protein could come from lots of different places, so you don't have to overcomplicate this. It could be from meat or fish, like chicken, um, from tuna or salmon. But it can also come from corn, it can come from tofu, it can come from lentils, it can come from quinoa, it can come from pulses. Um, a simple snack that's actually relatively high in protein is a reduced fat hummus and some, um, and some carrots and cucumber. That has lots of fiber in the carrots and cucumber and the hummus. And then you'll have protein as well. So that's a good one. And it's anyone can eat that really. Um, and then if, if you don't want to have that, you know, beef jerky is a good one. A lot of people don't like that. You can have a protein bar. Um, there's lots of different quick and easy things you can do, but ideally you'll have those things in meals and you could use pre-cooked chicken. If you just want to throw that on a pack of, of grains or on a, on a pack of pre-cooked rice and then do some microwave, like, you know, frozen veg, it doesn't have to be complicated, but you do need to get that protein and you do need to get that fiber. And the fiber is generally going to be found in things like leafy greens. So most, most fruit and veg really, but the, um, the more sort of dark the green, the better, but things like, you know, butternut squash are really high in fiber as well. And most sort of colorful veg as well. And then some grains and seeds. So again, you don't have to make it really complicated, but a, a colorful plate with a source of protein on um, and some fiber on there will keep you full for hours and hours after, as well as being very, very healthy. The next thing I think that's very important that, that people do if you do want to lose weight after 40 is you need to be pretty flexible with your approach because if you're anything like our current clients your life is going to be very busy and it's going to be very stressful you're probably juggling work commitments you're probably juggling family commitments you probably have things like back-to-back -back meetings all day and people constantly putting meetings in your diary when you know you thought you had a break you're probably having to report to directors or managers 
um, or, or we get, get your, um, what's the word? The people who report to you, I can't think of the word, to report to you and you're chasing people and managing people. And then on top of that, you've got to manage the family and the homes, you've got to arrange childcare, make sure dinner's cooked. You know, life's pretty busy. So it's very easy for something to go wrong within all of that responsibility. And you might need to grab food on the go. You might need to eat a meal out with friends or family. You might need to you know, grab something at a hospital if your parents are ill. You might need to be able to move your exercise around or improvise a bit. So it's very important your approach is flexible. That's something we will do with all our clients. And the most flexible approach for nutrition involves just focusing on the key drivers of fat loss and also the most flexible approach in terms of exercise as well and focus on just the key drives of fat loss for people over 40. And we'll come on to what that is in just a second. And that means, you know, you can eat out, you can grab food on the go and you can still make it work. You can eat with the family and you can still make it work. You can move exercise around and you don't have to do loads. So you can kind of fit it into your schedule, even if your schedule changes and you can still make it work. So it's very important to be flexible and the way to do that in terms of nutrition, first of all, is just to eat the right amount for you. So to focus on kind of the, the key drivers of fat loss. And I'll come on to that in just a second. But the thing is, there's no right amount of food for women to lose weight. And I've heard loads of people say this. I remember um, talking to a lady um, in her 50s before, and she said that she thought there was this number, it was 1,200 calories, and that was what all women needed to eat to lose weight. And I've heard other people say 800 calories. And those numbers are thrown around, but they're kind of, well, they are definitely nonsense. I was going to say kind of nonsense, they're nonsense. Everyone is unique and the right amount for you will be different to everyone else. And it's based on your height, your weight, your body fat percentage, your hormones, your dieting history, general activity levels, and a load of other things as well. So an experienced coach will be able to come up with a good estimate of this. There are some calculators in line that will be okay, but you may not be able to do things like estimate your body fat percentage and um, factor in your hormones and things that effectively with them but they will still be okay as a start but a good coach will give you to give you a very good start on this but either way there's a bit of trial and error involved so with most of our clients we will give them a number that's the right amount of food for them and uh, we'll then tweak that over the weeks until we figure out what's going to get them the, the the most sustainable sort of rapid um, progress but within the you know, within the sustainable realm as well and that's typically sort of one to two pounds a week. Some people will be a little bit more, um, but that's that's basically one to two stone over a 12 week period. So the next thing then is, is once you figure out what that right amount is for you is to actually track that. So track your food intake and, and drink actually. So track your calorie intake. And the reason we stress this a lot is because it's the basics of weight loss. It's the science of weight loss. It's indisputable. This is not theory. This is just, you know, it's proven science. Calories are a measure of how much energy is in food and drink. And if you consume too many, you're going to gain weight. If you consume too little, you're going to lose weight. And as I said, that amount is different for everyone. There's a window where you'll be able to lose weight. It's kind of like a sweet spot. Um, and that's different for you. It's different for you over 40 than it was when you were in your 30s. It's different from you, from all your friends as well. It's going to be unique to you. But if you consume the right amount for you and it, it's kind of over the week, you need to look at this. It's not like just one day. If you consume the right amount consistently over the week for you, you will lose weight. And a lot of diets hide from this, you know, hide you from this. They use point systems or they use other rules, but effectively they're just achieving the same thing. The only way you're ever going to lose weight is by controlling your calorie intake and getting it sort of in the right amount for you. But most diets and especially these fads and things like this will make it seem like they're doing something special. So like keto or low carb or claim it's some sort of magical fat burning process. Really what they're doing is cutting out a whole food group, which then just cuts a load of calories out of your diet. 
point systems. So a lot of things use like a point system or this is a red food, a green food or whatever, or this thing's a sin. All they're doing is managing your calories, but doing it a lot less accurately. They're kind of hiding the actual method they're using and then they're putting something else on there so that you think it's unique to them. The reality is the easiest and most flexible way is to just track the calories you're consuming. There's lots of apps out there. My Fitness Pal, NutriCheck, um, my Fitbit has an app. Is to track them and to make sure you're not over consuming them. And it's very, very flexible, this approach, because you can simply, you can use these apps to scan a barcode. Let's say you're in a service station, you can grab a, a sandwich or you can grab a, a pack of you know salad or sushi or whatever it is you fancy, scan it. Or you can just quickly type in what it is and look it up. And most chains and restaurants will also have their food in there as well. And they're actually bringing in a rule. I don't know when. This is something Boris announced with the whole coronavirus outbreak and him realizing that it really affected him badly because of his weight. They're going to be bringing in some regulations uh, in the future as well, where all restaurants have to list the calories in their food. So that will be very useful because you can just input these into these apps as well. And it's very, very flexible because you can grab food on the go, you can eat out and you can make it work for you with, with a bit of training. And it's kind of like managing your finances. Like if you can log into your banking app and have a look at how much you've got and then manage your money throughout the month, it's exactly the same thing. If you can manage your spending over the month, you can also manage your calories over the month and you can do it in a flexible way. Now we're going to move on to exercise now. So we've talked a bit about nutrition, but in terms of being flexible as well, there is certain types of exercise that are going to work better and not so well over 40. So one thing I would do is I'd avoid hit and I'd avoid high impact cardio. So these are very popular. They're, they're sort of a bit of a fad recently. Um, but the problem is hit and high impact cardio. And th so things like running for high impact cardio, uh, these put a lot of stress on the body and a lot of stress on the joints. And this is fine if your life is very relaxed, so you, you don't have that much stress as it is, and you're in, you're in your 20s or 30s, you can kind of get away with doing what you want. However, after turning 40, as we talked about earlier, it's very, very important to keep your stress levels under control if you want to lose weight, because cortisol, that stress hormone, when it's elevated, will, will block a lot of the, the things that you need to happen to lose weight and also make your cravings a lot worse, which will make it much harder to eat the right amount for you. So it's much, much better to focus on exercise that actually get you good results, but doesn't stress, you know, spike your stress response in the same way. So that's what I'd suggest you do is avoid hit, avoid high impact cardio, especially sort of long distance um, cardio, not only because it affects your stress levels, but it also can be really, really hard on your joints. If you already have sore knees or a sore back, it's just going to make those things worse. Instead, focus on low impact training. And specifically, this is step number nine, I'd focus on low impact strength training. So we call this list training, and it basically just involves lifting weights in a slow, controlled manner. Doesn't sound that exciting, but the results are very, very exciting. So it still burns calories like other forms of exercise. You don't have to get really, really sweaty and beat yourself into a pulp like a lot of exercise. And it has a lot of other benefits as well. So it'll keep stress hormone levels low. So your body's kept in a state where it's easy to burn fat and to ultimately lose that weight after 40 it's also going to increase your muscle mass, which means you'll feel firmer and more toned and youthful. That's what makes people feel firm and toned is having lower body fat, which will help you to do, and also more muscle mass. That's what we have when we're younger. So you're firm and toned. And it will also, by building that muscle, it will also build up your metabolism. So you can actually eat a bit more and still lose weight. So it makes it easier to lose weight. And then the last benefit of low impact strength training is it also helps uh, counteract a lot of signs of aging like osteoporosis so porous bones it actually helps to combat things like that which are quite a worry for people as they get older so this low impact strength training is exactly what we do with our clients inside our fit over 40 program and 
by just doing this, they don't have to do any sweaty cardio at all, which a lot of people think you have to do to lose weight. They don't do any cardio. They just do three sessions a week of low impact strength training. They're able to lose one to two stone in 12 weeks without any cardio at all. So the proof's in the pudding. And I've got a, a great testimony actually to read out to you at the end as well, which just shows you what's kind of possible following these, these steps. So we are more than halfway through. So step number 10, and this is all around stress, right? Is to meditate for a couple of minutes a day. So meditating for a couple of minutes a day might seem very simple and it might seem completely irrelevant to losing weight. But as we've already established, it's essential to keep stress hormone levels under control in order to lose weight effectively over 40. Now, meditation is a great way to proactively manage stress levels. So this means doing something to bring your stress levels down. So even just a couple of minutes a day of meditation still has a big benefit. And the analogy our meditation teacher, myself and Ben's meditation teacher always talks about is it's like, um, like having a bath and being able to drain that bath. So stress is kind of represented like by water coming into the bath. Let's say the shower's just left on, water's coming into the bath, and then that bath starts filling up. That's like your, your internal stress levels rising. Now, if you don't have any way to reduce that, what's going to happen? That bath's going to fill up, it's going to overflow, and then it's going to cause a mess. And that's what stress tends to do internally and externally, is it'll stop you losing weight, and it'll also make you do lots of things that won't help, like drinking or comfort eating um, or giving up on your fitness plan. What meditation is going to do is allow you to take that plug out the bath. So as that level's rising, it will then fall again. And then you put the plug back in. And then next time you meditate, it will fall again. And you can keep that stress, those stress levels under control. You can stay calmer and you can make better choices. And a lot of our clients find this, this has a profound effect on their results. So you, you can do this any way you like. There's lots of apps out there to help you. So I just start with one of them. Um, the Calm app is very good. Headspace, some people like it, some people don't. Insight Timer, that's the app I will use. They often have guided meditations where they all have guided meditations inside them. So you can just put it on, select how much time you want to do or what, what kind of goal you want to achieve. Maybe it's managing anxiety around COVID-19. Maybe it's um, maybe it's getting off to sleep. It can help with all these things. And then don't worry about doing it perfectly. Just put it on, sit down or slide down, close your eyes and give it a go and just start and see where it takes you. But meditating for a couple of minutes a day can have a profound impact on your stress levels and therefore your fitness results. Another thing that can really help with managing stress levels is to take some me time every week. So stress and boredom are two of the main causes of comfort eating and drinking. And for many of our clients, this is a problem because since turning 40, their lives have basically just become all about work, 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 work. And then outside of that family, and there's almost no time for themselves. It's all about their work and putting everything into that and then their family and making sure they're all okay. And when there's nothing to look forward to, food and drink can very easily become the only exciting parts of the week. So it's very, very easy to then go overboard, drinking too much or eating too much or both. Often they come together right and then undo all the hard work from the week at the weekend. So planning in some me time once a week, doesn't have to be loads, just once a week can make a huge difference. And it could be a night where your partner watches the kids and you do it for them later in the week and you go and do something just for you. That's what I'd suggest. It could be you do some yoga, you get your nails done, you have a movie night on your own um, or watch some, you know, watch some trash TV that you like to watch. Could be have a bubble bath with a book, but some peace and quiet on your own is really, really, really valuable. And it should be something you look forward to every week. So it kind of brings your stress levels down. It doesn't need to be, it shouldn't be for anyone else but you. And by putting that in there every week, that will then mean you have something to look forward to, especially during something like lockdown. 
And then what that means is you won't be tempted to eat and drink as much as a result of those stress levels and boredom levels getting too high. Number 12 is to focus on the little wins. So losing weight after 40 can, it can be a long journey for some people, especially if you've got you know, a few stone to lose. And it's very, very easy to get discouraged if things are taking a bit longer than expected. And it's normal to have weeks due to hormonal fluctuations and many other things as well. It's normal to have weeks where you don't see any progress at all, even if you do what seems like everything right. And it's human nature to focus on what's not working as we're natural problem solvers. But the problem with this is it can lead to sort of a downward spiral with feeling deflated and feeling demotivated. Maybe you can relate to this. You have a week where you seem to be doing everything right. You step on the scales and your weight hasn't even changed. Or maybe it's even gone up a tiny bit. And this can happen a lot due to natural fluctuations um, in weight and salt level, uh, in, uh, in water, sorry, in salt, in hormones, which then affects water, in carb intake, like lots of things affect your weight. So it's very, very easy to get demotivated um, when you're not seeing those results you want to see. And this is where focusing on the little wins really helps. Whether it's just the fact you didn't hit snooze in the morning or you only had one biscuit when usually you would have had a few. Um, it may be that you've not gained weight at a time where previously, you know, when you have a really stressful time at work or something, you know, something happens, for example, with lots of our clients, it could be the anniversary of a parent's death, which is really, really hard. Previously, they'd have gained loads of weight around it. Maybe they didn't gain weight this time. Those are all big wins and we often don't celebrate them. And the more you celebrate those wins, the more positive and motivated you'll feel to keep on going, even if you're having a challenging week. So it's very, very important to focus on them. You could just write down a win a day in a journal, takes one, you know, one minute, and that'll help you stay in that positive mind frame to keep moving forward, even when things are challenging. Another thing that really helps is to get your steps in. So get your step count up. It may not seem like proper exercise, but it actually makes a big difference, especially when it comes to losing weight over 40. Many of the women that I work with have very sedentary jobs. They've become much more sedentary, especially during lockdown. Um, since, you know, since their careers have taken off and since lockdown, they spend a lot of the time tied to a desk all day. They're in back to back meetings. They're constantly having to, to then try and implement stuff from the meetings and they don't have much time to get out and move. But that then means activity levels fall and so much. And that can really, really reduce the amount of they can eat and drink without gaining weight. So walking an extra 5,000 steps a day might not seem like it's got much to do with losing weight, but it actually burns about 200 calories, which is the same as doing a quick sort of 20 minute workout for a lot of people, maybe in half an hour workout. And it does it in a low impact way that doesn't actually overstress the body. So in a lot of ways, that's going to be better. It may take a little bit longer, but it's going to be much, much better than doing that really sweaty hard workout. It's going to burn the same calories, but in a way that doesn't overstress the body. And it's going to be in a way where, you know, you get a bit of a break from your work and then you can come back um, re-energized as well. So not only will it, will it help you to burn some calories and get that fat off, it also re-energize you. And I find I do this most days. I go on a quick lunchtime walk, 20 minutes. That will re-energize me so that I can get into my afternoon work and be much, much more effective. So you could walk with a friend or you could listen to an audiobook. That's what I do to make that time seem a bit more productive and make it a bit more enjoyable and something you could look forward to as well. So you could learn whilst you're doing it or you could you know, speak to a friend and offload some stuff and have a laugh as well and make it worth it that way. But you might be thinking, I don't have time to walk. Like, look, let's be honest, it's dark very early in the winter. Maybe you just don't have time to get out in the middle of the day and then by the evening it's too dark and you don't want to go out there or the weather's horrible. Well, if you don't have time to walk, maybe because your work schedule's you know, absolutely crazy, then you could try a standing desk. This desk behind me, as I'm recording this podcast, 
is a standing desk and a sitting desk. I can wind it up or down. I will wind it up for phone calls. I'll wind it down when I'm doing typing and things like that. So you could try a standing desk and you might think this, this isn't going to have much of an effect, but using a standing desk for eight hours a day will actually burn about 500 calories more than sitting. And that's as much as one of those fairly big bars of dairy milk, just from using a standing desk. You haven't changed anything else. And that's enough to probably lose a couple of, you know, a pound or two a week just by making that change if you're maintaining currently. Now, that is quite a long time, eight hours a day at a standing desk, and I don't typically do that, but you could alternate between sitting and standing and perhaps do four hours sitting and four hours standing if you work eight hours. So you could do half a day on each, and that would still burn 250 calories extra roughly. So that's the equivalent of walking about 6,000 steps just by having a standing desk, you haven't even had to move. So it's the little things like this, it's the little things that add up to big weight loss results over 40, and using a standing desk could be the difference between maintaining your weight and losing it. So thinking outside the box, having someone who can give you those ideas may really, really help as well. Now, this is probably the one you don't want to hear, but reducing alcohol intake is pretty important for losing weight over 40. It doesn't have to put the brakes on weight loss, but often alcohol does put the brakes on weight loss in my experience. The first reason for this is alcohol is high in calories, just because it's liquid and it might be clear in some cases as well, doesn't mean it doesn't contain a lot of calories. So alcohol contains seven calories per gram versus four calories per gram of carbs and protein. Now fat, pure fat is nine calories per gram. So that's a little bit higher, but that's like olive oil or something that's pure fat. Not many things are, but oils are. So it's, it's, it's close to just drinking straight olive oil um, or something else that's, you know, you know, drinking out the deep fat fryer. It's almost close to that. So drinking alcohol makes it very easy to undo any hard work eating well in the day. The other reason why alcohol also can be a problem is that alcohol makes it very easy to then make poorer choices. It lowers your inhibitions. And this is usually with a lot of my clients, a slippery slope. Once they start drinking, one drink becomes two, and then the good choices go out the window. They snack on crisps or comfort food or chocolate or ice cream. They don't really care. And they don't even really know what they're doing when that happens. And then the next day they might wake up, feel groggy and hungover, and then feel like they need to pick me up. And then they start having you know, sugary latte and then they start might want some salty. So they might have a less healthy breakfast. And it just continues in spirals. And then they might feel crap. They might feel demotivated because they've made those poorer choices and their energy level is really low because they've, they've slept badly and they've, they've stayed up drinking late. And so they then continue to make poor choices and it quickly becomes a downward spiral. So the impact of drinking is a lot more than just the calories in the drink itself. It's everything else that happens because of it. And if you're the type of person who can't just have one drink and stop, some people can, a lot of people can't. The first thing you need to do is reset. Cut it out for a week or two and use some alcohol-free alternatives. If you still want to have a treat, so you can get alcohol-free sparkling wine, alcohol-free beer. There's lots of great alternatives. They're about, you know, a quarter to 10% of the calories sometimes. And then after you've cut it out for a couple of weeks, you should be in the much better position to control it and then reintroduce it with some ground rules. So it could be like you only have it the weekend and you have a maximum of two or one drink a night. Some simple ground rules like that can really help, especially in a time like now, like in lockdown, where a lot of people are drinking most nights because they have nothing else to look forward to. So the me time can help with that, but also just a strategy with alcohol. And I don't think anyone can ease out of these things. In my experience, it doesn't work. Trying to just reduce it a bit never really works. It's much better to cut it out for a bit, which will force you into better habits and it will reset your, your relationship with it and then introduce it after that. So one other thing that's kind of, you know, alcohol can disrupt this as well is, is sleep. Sleep is very important. And you need to be getting seven to eight hours of sleep a night if you want to lose weight over 40. 
Sleep is very closely linked to weight loss, much more closely than a lot of people give it credit for. Doctors are starting to recognize this now. Um, but lack of sleep basically disrupts the hunger hormones and your sort of fullness hormones. And these are called leptin and ghrelin. And this basically means that you're going to have much higher cravings all day if you slept badly. You may have felt this. And you're also actually going to have, you know, when you eat something and you sort of feel full and satisfied afterwards, that's what ghrelin controls. That will also go out the window. So you won't feel full even after eating. So sleep has a really big, big impact on those things. And therefore, it's much more likely to lead to overeating if you sleep badly. And people who sleep under five hours a night have been found to be 78% more likely to be overweight or obese. So double as, double as likely, basically, to be overweight or obese. So is, you know, you're, the odds are against you if you're not sleeping well. So you need, all adults need seven to eight hours of sleep a night. There's a lot of research on this. Unless you're a genetic freak, which there's a very, very small percentage of in the world, you need those. That's what research tells us. And you need that to keep your cravings at bay as well. So if you're not getting that sleep, figure out what's stopping that from happening, whether it's working too late, whether it's eating your dinner too late, whether it's being on your phone too late, whether it's, whether it's you know, a combination of those things, it's having your phone by your bed and just scrolling through it, whether it's having news apps, figure out what's stopping you getting to sleep and then change that part of the routine or your environment to get the sleep your body needs. It will it could be the one thing you do that transforms all of the other things for you and, and starts getting the weight moving again. Another thing, so HRT is something that's hormone replacement therapy is something which has a bit of a stigma attached to it. I'll be honest, and I'm not a woman, but I understand there's a stigma attached to it. But if you're perimenopausal or menopausal, your hormones will be changing dramatically. And this can happen years before official menopause, which is having it not having a period for a year. This can happen way, way before that. And when, when you are perimenopausal, menopausal, basically your estrogen progesterone levels start to fluctuate a lot and then they drop to almost zero. And this has a big impact on lots of things, but it has an impact on where your body stores fat. And it will mean you'll be more likely to store body fat around the middle. It can also make it harder to lose weight due to the effect that you know, those changing hormones can have on lots of other things like mood, which may lead to eating and sleep, which we've just talked about, which can also lead to overeating if it's really disrupting your sleep. So if you are feeling a lot of side effects from your changing hormones, then it's very important to consider and speak to someone if you're not taking HRT to see if it could be right for you, because the general understanding of HRT is very, very outdated. And it's generally now understood by the leading experts in the field to be much healthier to take it than to avoid it. Menopause is basically a hormonal deficiency and a lot of the side effects are because you don't have the right hormones anymore that you do need to be healthy as a woman. And if you wanna learn more about the impact of that and, and kind of the latest understanding about HRT, check out Newson Health. Um, it's the UK sort of leading menopause and wellbeing center. And they have a website, just look up Newson Health or you can look up menopause doctor on Google and they have a lot more info that could help you. But by taking that HRT, you may just be able to get your hormone balance back in check to make it easier for you to lose weight um, and to make it, you know, so you, just, just so you feel like you again, you feel a lot better. And I know that alone has really, really helped a lot of people to shift weight after 40. Now into the home straight, we have four more things, four more proven strategies to lose weight after 40. So the next one, number 18, is to get a coach who actually understands losing weight after 40. And I know I'm biased in saying this because that is what I do, but the challenges you face each week will be unique to you. And 
you may not have the knowledge to the kind of the tools to know how to deal with that situation best and the people around you might not and you know this is this may be a new situation for you you may have been able to lose weight more easily in the past so if your results plateau it can be very very easy to feel demoralized you've probably felt this yourself and for a lot of people when that happens they just give up whereas an experienced coach will be able to help you and kind of guide you through whatever challenge that you're facing and make sure you know exactly what you need to be doing that week to succeed because sometimes everything is working and you just need to keep going for a bit longer and that coach will give you the certainty you need to keep doing that whereas on your own you might just think sod it if it's not working throw in the towel and then sabotage what's actually still working and go back to square one again so having that coach on your side to keep you supported and to, to have the knowledge to know what to do in every scenario is very very important and it'll be a fast track for you to, to get to where you want to be Another thing that can help in the same sort of vein is to be part of a community. So a coach may not be similar to you. I'll, you know, I'm 30, I'm not in my 40s, but this is a passion of mine. It's something I've got um, very into over the years. But it's important to have people around you who are on the same mission and who get the struggles you're going through. So that way, when you are struggling, you have people you can talk to who get it and you can lean on. And just, just realizing you're not the only one struggling can again be the difference between giving up and the difference between keeping going. And that community will keep you buoyant, it'll keep you feeling good, or keep you motivated even when you're struggling. So as, as the president of America, uh, John F. Kennedy said back in the 60s, he said, a rising tide raises all boats. And this is a great analogy for how a community works. If people are doing well in the community and you're part of that, you're like one of the boats in the community, you're all gonna move up together. And that community that's succeeding is going to help you to succeed too. Very, very easy to fail alone. It's much, much easier to succeed as part of a group that's succeeding. And that brings me on to my next point, which is to have someone who's actually keeping you accountable. So you actually do what you said you'd do, because it's very, very easy to give up on yourself when you've had a bad week. Challenging weeks are normal, especially as you get older and your life gets more, more busy and you have more responsibilities. You might have aging parents to look after. You might have children who you're responsible for. You might have a team at work you're responsible for. So things are going to go wrong. There's a lot of things to go wrong there. So unless you have some, someone there or something there to make sure you pick yourself back up and keep going when times get tough, you'll probably quickly run out of steam and give up. Like losing weight over 40, I'll admit, is a bit of a marathon. It's not a sprint. It can't be done in three weeks and then one of these quick fixes. So you'll need to stay consistent for long enough to achieve good results. Typically one to two stone every 12 weeks. So just like having a boss at work will keep you accountable. So you show up every day and you do it even on those days you don't feel like it, you still show up. Having someone there to keep you accountable with your health and fitness is very important too. So you treat it the same way. So you show up even on those days where you don't feel like it and that you, you ultimately get to the goal you want to get to. And then the last thing I'd recommend you have, number 21 we've got there, is to get a proven plan to follow. And again, I'm biased. I, I have a program called the Fit Over 40 program. We have one at at Trinity. But the point is, I will also invest in a proven plan to get the results I want in fitness, in business. Because as you can see here, there's a lot of factors that need to be right in order to achieve a result, especially to lose weight over 40. You've got to manage stress. You've got to manage alcohol. You've got to manage sleep. You've got to make sure you're eating the right amount for you. You've got to make sure you're doing the right kind of exercise and loads of other things, 21 things we talked about today. And it might seem overwhelming to make all of those changes at once. But the good news is you don't need to make them all at once. You just need to take them step by step, by step and take one step at a time. And a good plan will basically break all of these steps down, all these steps into kind of bite-sized chunks. 
starting with the most important things and then build them up over the you know a period of maybe a few months. So each week you just have a couple of simple things you need to do and then you build them up. And then after a period of time for, for clients inside our Fit Over 40 program, it's after 12 weeks, they have everything they need, all the knowledge they need and all the tools and tactics they need to succeed. And they know how to sustain that long-term. So a proper plan that's structured well, that will break everything down bit by bit. So it's not just gonna dump everything on you at once. will basically avoid it being overwhelming, avoid you failing from the outset and ensure you're actually set up to achieve great, great results. And as I said, that's exactly what we do inside a Fit Over 40 program. And our clients do typically lose one stone, two stone in 12 weeks or less. And a lot of them tell me on the phone that it's not as hard as they thought it was. It's actually much, much easier. And that's because we break it down into bite-sized chunks, step by step. So each week, they're only having to focus on one little thing. And they just have to just achieve that thing. And then each week, we build on that until by the end, they're kind of almost, they have better knowledge than, than most personal trainers and experts in this, in this field, I'll be honest. So if you do want to find out more about that, I'll come on to that in just a minute. But before we do, I have a testimonial from one of my clients. I just want to read out from Rachel. So Rachel's 51 and she's a busy working mum from Barnsley in Yorkshire. And she's going through the menopause as well. So she said, basically, this is a quote in her word. She said, before I started Trinity, I was in a mess. I was upset. I was depressed. I was puzzled how to get out of it all. I think it's just something to do with age and hormones and there was nothing I could do. I was eight kilos heavier and two dress sizes larger, not able to get in some of my favorite clothes. And it was making me miserable, which in turn caused me to be ratty and snappy with those around me. And I was embarrassed about the way I was acting. I've tried a couple of goes at the 5-2 diet, which had worked a few years previously, but I put all the weight back again on quickly. I'd also tried running to lose the weight, but without controlling my calories, I can now see this was never going to work. I was skeptical that nothing would work anymore, that I was just condemned to be that way because that's what happens when you get older and as your hormones change. However, since starting Trinity, I've learned that weight loss is not impossible and weight gain is not inevitable with age. Have the perseverance to keep on with the program. I've not missed a single workout. I've kept the calories up, uh, kept under the calories almost every day, only going over maybe once a week and rarely not counting it at all. And I've also learned that low impact strength training works really well at my age. My total weight loss is now over eight kilos from 62 kilos to 53.5 or 54, depending on the day of the week. I lost inches from everywhere. I look and feel slimmer. I'm more toned, can fit into all my old clothes. And I even had to buy new jeans because mine are just hanging off me. I've lost some of the old aches and pains. I used to have backache and knee pain, but don't anymore. I also used to have aching forearms, which comes, I think, from spending so long at the computer every day. But even that's got better, presumably because I'm developing the muscles and stretching my body out. In terms of how it's made me feel, I feel like my old self again. I feel more confident, I feel happier, and I feel like a nicer person. I'm more content that this is me and that I'm fitting into my life, not only my clothes, but also settling into myself. I'm not so embarrassed to show myself in front of my husband. He always says he liked me just as I was, but I didn't like how I looked, so it really made no difference to what he said. Now I feel different, a lot more confident, and a lot less inhibited. They're absolutely amazing there from Rachel. Um, those results are over a little bit longer than 12 weeks. Um, I think it's over a 24 week period, but she's lost a stone and a half and she was pretty slim to begin with, as you can hear there. Um, but the results, the most important part of those results is really how she's feeling now. So if that sounds good and you want to find out more, you can find out everything you need to know. And if, you know, if the Fit Over 40 program could be right for you over at www.fit40, and that's the number, fit40info.com. So, that wraps up for today's episode. I know it was a quick fire one, but hopefully lots of useful tips you can implement. Go ahead and check out 
the Photo Forwards program if you think it would be useful. And we'll catch you next week. It should be back to normal on Friday for the Trinity podcast. I will see you. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity podcast.